0: The following was originally broadcast on Northumberland 89.7 FM. For more podcasts and learn more about us, go to northumberland897.ca. And thank you for downloading this podcast.
1: The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests of Reality Realty are not necessarily the views or opinions of Northumberland 89.7 FM. The information given is designed to be informative and helpful. You should always consult a professional when buying or selling your home. is farmland a hot commodity right now in northumberland county do you have any idea what the value of farmland is in 2019 2020 if you're thinking about buying a home with workable land but you're not actually interested in personally farming the land what are your options and what is involved with being a farmer in this day and age well, we're about to find out the answers to these questions and more because Reality Realty starts now. Your dial is on Northumberland 89.7 FM and I'm Dale Bryant, a real estate broker with Royal LaPage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. And at this time each week, we take on, talk about and interview guests on all things real estate. It's your community real estate forum with a national and international reach, complements of online streaming and archive podcasts. Joining us in just a few moments, we will have the ec- expertise of Mark DeYoung, local businessman and longtime farmer. And Mark will share his insight and experience with us. Today's show is titled Soil Analysis Tilling the Complex Matrix of Real Estate Farm Land. And if anybody wants any tips on the creation of great titles, you can contact me through social media. But let's begin today's show. with Snapshot for January 23rd, 2020, a look at the residential real estate market in Northumberland County. There have been 62 single-family residential sales over the past month, and that's up by one sale since last week's report. This leaves us with a decreasing inventory of 300 residential listings for sale. The average selling price of successful sales over the past year Remains steady at approximately (coughs) $452,000. If we break this down into communities, the average residential sale price for Coburg over the past year is $476,000, for the Town of Port Hope $452,000, and the Town of Brighton $408,000. During the past year in Northumberland County, people have received on average approximately 98% of their list price in a market time of 47 days. Northumberland County, we are in a seller's market with an absorption rate at approximately 21% based on the past month's sales trend, meaning we have a residential home inventory that can satisfy approximately 4.8 months of sales at the rate homes have been selling. (coughs) Coburg Condos. We have an inventory of 25 condos actively for sale in Northumberland County and 103 of these condos have sold over the past year. Average selling price has been $387,000 and on average these sold condos have received 99% of their list price in a market time of 43 days. Million Dollar Listings We have an inventory Of 28 residential million-dollar listings actively for sale in Northumberland County, 20 have sold over the past year, with an average selling price being $1,169,000. And on average, these million-dollar properties have received 93% of their list price in a market time of 68 days. I research these Northumberland County statistics, and I calculate the absorption rate using information from CoreLogic's matrix system, and Matrix is a local realtor component of the MLS system. If you're thinking of buying or selling a home, you'll want this kind of information, but you'll want to be area-specific, specific to the type of property you're looking at and the price band you're in. So what do you do? You ask your local realtor to help you retrieve this information and help you understand it and, ha- and know how to use it best. Today's mortgage rates. Five year fixed is as low as 2.89%, and a five year variable as low as 2.95%. And today's mortgage rates, as always, come to us from mortgage broker Carol Ann Bryant with Dominion Lending Centers Alliance. And folks, that is your current snapshot of the residential real estate market in Northumberland County. And I'd just like to remind everyone that the views and opinions expressed on Reality Realty, as clever as they may sound, may not necessarily represent the views and opinions of the station of the Northumberland Hills Association of Realtors or any real estate brokerage or realtor. There simply are views and opinions at this time. Well, to help me work the ground, for today's title uh, show, titled Soil Analysis, Tilling, Tilling the Complex Matrix of Real Estate Farmland, I'd like to welcome a local businessman, a longtime farmer, and a personal friend of mine, Mark DeYoung. Mark, welcome to Reality Realty.
0: Thanks, Dale. Uh, you finally got me dragged out of uh, Snowbank to come do your show with you. Uh, you've been asking for quite some time now. So. Yeah,
1: well, you know what? I mean, I have a friend who knows farm, the farm industry, and farmland inside out. And I have been trying to get you on this show, but farmers are very busy, and it's really tough. And then, and then you know, last week um, was a possibility, but as you mentioned, is that the reference to dragging out of a snowbank? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. A yeah. Yeah, so. little bit of a mishap where a vehicle ended up in... Uh, compromise situation yeah well Mark can you tell us a little bit about your farm operations
0: sure um so my brothers uh, Rod and Chris uh, farm with me and we have two nephews uh, Trevor and Kyle that uh, do a lot of work uh, when they're done school and uh, on weekends and holidays Um, so we farm collectively about 3200 acres
1: Three thousand two hundred acres. Wow.
0: Yeah, it's, it keeps us busy. Um, uh, I would say probably uh, about twelve to thirteen hundred of those acres are about g- of corn, and um, about eleven hundred is uh, soybeans, and some the remainder is wheat and some hay ground. Mm-hmm. So, um, which then breaks up our workload um, because of the different harvest times. But uh, wheat is planted in the fall, so. That break, breaks up some planting, with uh, mm-hmm. the soybeans and corn, they all have to go in at the same time, basically, so in the yeah. spring, of, in May.
1: Well, and, and how, how long have you been doing this business?
0: Um, I guess we took over from my dad in uh, 1996. We uh, incorporated the farm to uh, for him to allow us to take over from him, and he was at
1: 800 acres at the time, and we've grown it from there. Wow, so and and growing up in a farm family, um, 1996 wasn't your initiation to farming, wasn't it?
0: Oh my goodness, that was awful. <laughs> yes, we were uh, still high interest rates. Um, we were in debt over our over our heads, and uh, yeah, we actually at one point we uh, didn't even take a wage out of the farm. Uh, mm-hmm. We
1: we just survived off of. Uh, beans and rice and this is 96 yes and and but you'd you'd been experienced in farming growing up in a, a farm family for long before then correct oh yes, yes yeah that was something you couldn't just say no to
0: no it was uh it still was my dad would wake up every morning and uh he would just say it was a great day to farm and we and just go <laughs> and he loved it so uh when when your dad loves to do something uh, you want to follow in his footsteps so yeah
1: that's really neat so so i'm going to say something here and, uh, and and I want you to listen and, and let me know, am I accurate? Am I half accurate? Am I completely off base? Because I think, I think people that aren't familiar with farming are going to be pretty impressed with this. Um, so I, I just wrote something down here. I, I'm saying that people who are not farmers or don't have someone... Uh, in a close relationship, aren't in a close relationship to a farmer, I'm thinking they'd be amazed, as I constantly am, a farmer is a businessman, a farmer is a commodity trader, a farmer is an investor, a mechanic, a horticulturist, and also has an appreciation and basic understanding of biology and chemistry.
0: Yeah, I would say all of that, yeah, it's like this time of year we're always working on learning more <coughs> about uh, the horticultural and the science behind uh, agriculture and how to make it more efficient for for us to, to grow uh, our crops in a very environmentally uh, sustainable way, so this is great. Yeah,
1: I, I think back, I mean, my on my dad's side, uh, my grandfather, a farmer in, in Hampton, and he owned 100 acres and he had livestock and he had cash crop. And, uh, I think back to his farming, which I really didn't understand because I'm just the grandchild and I'm not really involved, um, at all. But just from what I gather, I'm thinking it was done a little differently. There would be still some traces, I think, of what happens today, but, uh, I'm imagining it's evolved a whole lot, hasn't it?
0: It has changed dramatically, yes. In 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 a lot of aspects. Um, back when your grandfathers or fathers have been were farming, they were plowing and cultivating and disking and packing, and and then then they they go plant. You know, mm-hmm. now today we try to just plant, mm-hmm. and uh, so our planters are modified to to till the soil and uh, and plant the seed right away, and we're into a. Um, if, just cut me off if I get too technical here Dale All oh, right. I <laughs> said so we're uh, we're into uh, GPS uh, coordinated coordinates of our soils so we're grid sampling um, which that means that we're if you look at your fields if you look across a field to put this in in easier terms to understand you see the different color profiles when you look across a field mm-hmm. and those different colors are different soil types and then here in Northumberland we have so many hills as well so on top of a hill, we know that from all those years of plowing that our grandfathers did, the soil, the topsoil, the good stuff is all at the bottom of the hill. Right. So we need to address the fact that the top of the hill and those side hills are not going to produce the same amount of crop as the bottom of the hill. So we have sampled the soil, took soil samples, and we've also, with yield mapping, with our, with our harvest equipment, it tells us on the go how many bushels per acre it's um, producing. So mm-hmm. we can then make a educated uh, analysis to how much fertilizer, how much seed to put on those good areas and how much on those poor areas.
1: So, and, and now in your explanation of that, you just remind me of another thing I should have put in that description of today's farmer, it, it, something about a computer techie because... There's a whole lot of software and uh and computer type devices you're using in farming now, isn't there oh yes yeah
0: we're uh it's a steep learning curve um i was <laughs> I'm not a computer person, so often I know how to run my phone though, so I can uh, phone somebody that knows what they're <coughs> doing so. yeah
1: yeah 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 i mean there's there's <laughs> there's got to be a degree of outsourcing when you're doing as much farming as you're doing uh, I just think back the old the old saying you know if somebody Piece something together, you know. Maybe used a whole lot of duct tape. It, it might, somebody might say, well, "What a farmer!" Mm-hmm. I mean, what a farmer today? You gotta be kidding me! Yeah. Um, and, and whenever we have conversations, and I and I hear what you're considering for different things, i was like, "Wow, wow!" Nobody would know. All right, let's get into let's get into a biggie right here now, Mark. What is farmland worth? Farmland. What's a value? Loaded question, oh, isn't it's it? It's a loaded
0: <laughs> one, yeah. It, uh, it's funny because I was getting my tires changed by a guy who's got his farm for sale. So, <laughs> <laughs> and so, and it, it really does vary uh, across um, Assiniboine County, especially uh, with the different soil types that we do have. Um, typically, from west to east, the west is more valuable uh, farmland than than further east. Because it's
1: closer to Toronto. Uh, Toronto had
0: some influence on it, um, but typically we look at the soil st- structure itself. Um, everyone knows where the Thumbland Forest is, mm-hmm. and back in the 1920s, uh, those farms were abandoned um, and given back to the municipalities. That then wanted to give it back to the provinces, so that um, because the farmers couldn't farm it, it was mm-hmm. uh, it was too sandy. So it's a sand. That's why it's called the Oak Ridges Moraine. Right. So, when we get into that eastern part of of our county or the central part of our county is uh is that Northumberland forest, so farmland around that northumberland forest typically is is gravel sand mm-hmm. um you know you're you're looking at hundred and twenty feet of sand uh in in some areas of that forest plus so
1: right so so you're looking at you're looking at locations, so you're saying um and and really and truly, you know you're saying at the west end of our county it's a little more valuable than at the east end, which which is, actually follows the trend of residential real estate as well. Mm-hmm. And what about north and south? Um, if you're getting up closer to Campbellford, or it, are you going to – Trent Hills, are you going to get a little bit cheaper?
0: Well, you're, you're going to get somewhat cheaper. Um, every, we also know that if you live in the town of Coburt, uh you don't get the snow, the early snows, mm-hmm. uh, as you do as, as soon as you go above the ridge Um into, into, uh, Baltimore, uh, you, you end up with the, some snow. So we know that there's a climate change. Mm-hmm. So as we move away from the lake, uh, the growing season is shorter. So that also determines how much, um, bushels per acre we can, uh, achieve, uh, typically, uh, even though there are summers that we can get, um, equal yields, uh, mm-hmm. but they're kind of anomalies rather than norm, so.
1: Well, I'm think I'm thinking back, and you've danced around a number. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking back in 2000, uh, say 2010, and I'm. It's not because I researched it here and I got it in my notes. I mean, I'm just off the cuff here. Now I'm trying to think. I'm thinking farmland was in around 2,000, 2,500 dollars an acre, is what I'm thinking. Yeah, I would agree with that. And here we are 10 years later, and I'm thinking and, and, and why I'm saying I'm thinking, and we'll get into this a little bit because there's not a lot of farmland that hits the real estate market, and we'll talk about that as well. but I'm thinking you could be looking at six, eight and ten thousand dollars an acre.
0: Oh yes yeah it's, and,
1: uh, and, and above. Uh, w- would you agree with those numbers?
0: I would have to agree with
1: those numbers, yeah? yes. I know you don't want to get pegged to anything, but no. it, it, it sounds re- reasonable, doesn't it?
0: It does sound reasonable, yes. And
1: base, based on location, soil quality, what about um, well, uh, maybe even based on the amount? I mean, if somebody offers up uh, 10 acres to you, or they offer up a hundred and ten acres. I mean, to have your machinery. Well, and and it depends on location, I guess. But to, to be able to acquire a big chunk, that's got to make um, a lot of farmers drool a little bit more than the ten, right? And maybe maybe they would be willing to pay a little more, per acre because it's like a a windfall. Well,
0: I would, yeah. I would say like we've purchased a farm uh, in the last couple of years, and it was uh, hundred and sixty-two acres uh, total, and about one hundred and fifty now it's 152 acres of working land and there's one field it's 100 acres so Mm -hmm. and when you're and you can farm it lengthwise which then reduces the amount of time that it takes to plant it harvest it and everything you're going to do to it because it's the turning around and we call it headlands is where we get to the end of the field and we make the turn to go back Mm -hmm. down the, the length of the field again and you wouldn't think that would be a big deal but on a large farm you're planting so many acres an hour and you can plant a lot more acres if you're not spending it turning around.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, and, and there's something I didn't know about that. I mean, it makes complete sense, but, uh, you know, even though I'm in real estate and doing it every day in my life and, and doing some farm, uh, land for sure. I didn't know about the headland and, uh, and and that's got to that's got to attribute to the value. Oh, well, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Th- that's why this is a, just an interesting show for the general public. I mean, even if you're not a farmer, this is this is interesting stuff. And but if you're a realtor listening, there's even stuff here for realtors. So really good um I was mentioning that we I don't see Real estate doesn't see a lot of farmland. I mean, I, I did sell a farm this past summer, and and it happens, but there's a whole lot more farmland that changes hands without seeing an MLS number, isn't there? Yeah, that's too bad for the real estate guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, can you tell us about that? Why 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 does that happen? How does that happen?
0: Well, I would say that um, when when a farmland is a farmer is willing and ready to sell his farmland. Um, Often, he has rented it out first uh, to someone, and if he hasn't rented it out, uh, his neighbors know what quality of land he has or she has, and he is kind of, everyone knows and talks to people to, to get some values, and the farmers, you know, they're not, uh, typically they're they're not Needing the top dollar as much as a fair dollar, mm-hmm. and so they're they're wanting to um, to do it without real estate and to have a just a, a good sound uh, purchase plan in place and and uh, and get it done. So, it, uh, if they can't find someone that's willing to pay the dollar they're wanting, then they go to real estate and and the real estate will will do their job um, and they do it well. So,
1: yeah. So I mean. Like you said, the farmers know what the land's like in their area, and even a little outside their area, they're likely familiar because they're in that circle, and, and you know one another. And, and uh, I'm sure, I mean, this happens even in residential homes where somebody lists their home, and they say, you know what? What kind of person is this buyer? What do we know about this buyer? Because they, they know their neighbors, and they want, they want a good buyer, to be in that neighborhood because their neighbors deserve a good buyer or or somebody uses a home for a certain use and and there's 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 a lot of history there and a, a lot of themselves in that house and when they find out a buyer a new buyer will use the home for the same purpose as they they've used it i mean that endears them to the buyer mm-hmm. and uh, and i'm sure that farmers are likely, you know what? I'd love to see this person, this family, have this farm. Oh, and farmers
0: have relationships with yeah. with each other. The neighbors been working together for years, so you, you do have that relationship. And often that is the case where, you know, the the, the farmer that's selling is is just wanting that family to have it, um, to to farm it because, uh, you know, they've helped them out over the years and they're giving them a fair price. Um, yeah, it's. And then if there's more than one neighbor that wants the farm and they're going to, to be selling their equipment there's even often uh, the the land itself goes to auction mm-hmm. along along with the equipment.
1: Mm-hmm. So well Mark we're we're already a little past our first break. So folks, you've been listening to Reality Realty coming to you from Northumberland 897 FM's local real estate talk and join us after the break. Mark and I will continue to talk about farmland. We'll be right back. Welcome back, this is Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant and my co-host this morning is Mark DeYoung and Mark is a local farmer and he is a businessman and he is our expert on today's show and I understand we have a caller and um, I have Chef Michael here helping me with that, thank you Chef Michael. Hello caller, are you on the air? Good morning. Good morning. Oh, I hear uh, I hear a familiar voice on the air here. there. Hello, caller. Hello. Hi. Yes, go ahead. Hi, I'm just calling in to wish my favorite radio host a very happy birthday. <laughs> wow. You, you you know what? You had me. Thank you. Thank you, my love. You had me sweating here because I don't know what kind of hard farm <laughs> farm question do we got coming in here. <laughs> oh, I should have come up with a question. That would have been good. But normally I'm sitting across from you, but since I'm not this morning, I thought I'd better wish you a happy birthday. Well, thank you, sweetie. That is so. uh, that is very lovely. And okay. Well, good morning, Malkin. I'm, I'm enjoying the show, so I'll let you go so I can hear the rest of the show. All Bye. right. Thank you, okay, caller. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye. Thank you, Michael, for helping me with that. And uh, so, Mark, before the break, um, we were talking about farmland values of farmland, um, and, and we, one of the things you were talking about is soil quality to help determine uh, the value. And I'm thinking you're likely talking about rocks and and and. Uh, you were talking about hills earlier on. I'm thinking you're likely talking about pH levels and different things. You, you were talking about, you mentioned topsoil. What are the things that a person uh, is concerned with for farming land, and um, and how do they test it?
0: Well, yeah, testing the soil. Well, I guess the first thing that we do actually is uh, if we're in a hurry and the farm's up for sale is uh, and we don't know the farmland, is we go get a shovel (laughs) pretty basic (laughs) it's pretty basic (laughs) yeah it's uh you dig the top top four to six inches off whatever that uh until you start seeing different colors uh in in those profiles and you start digging down until you find uh where you can't dig anymore uh so it's if it's really hard or like if there's a hard clay underneath or there's Heaven forbid! There's there's shale rock, oh, okay. uh, which you can get into uh, in along the lake. Yeah. Uh, some of that soil is not there anymore. Like there's just a little bit on top, and there's some just pure rock underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is some good so- land along the lake as well. So, um, but there, then we also go into uh, soil testing, where we actually take a probe and we probe down. Um, we'll take two samples. Um, we hire a company to do it as well. Uh, they'll take a, a, the top eight inches and then they'll go down and actually take a subsoil sample as well to mm-hmm. test for the uh, potash and phosphorus and organic matters and, uh, and many other different uh, micronutrients that are in the soil to see what those levels are
1: at. And how long does it take to get those samples back? Uh, usually a week. A week, and how long does it take to get that company out?
0: Um, if you do it yourself, you could send it in, but if okay. you get the company out, uh, we have them actually, they follow us around as we harvest, um, and they're from Western Ontario.
1: So they're readily available yeah. maybe a day or two Yeah, a day and or they can two. be out. Yeah. So, so you're a week, week and a few days, if you're going to test that way. And, and like you say, sometimes if you're in a hurry, because you know, I got to make a decision on this farmland, um, or else, yeah. <laughs> or else I'm not the buyer, um you know you got to decide on that so would you say today we're just i mean we're just days into 2020 would you say farmland in northumberland county is a hot commodity
0: uh yeah well i it's always a hot commodity if you're the next door neighbor and they're selling right it's okay uh, so that then it's a hot commodity uh there is farmland for sale it's been for sale for quite some Mm -hmm. time um you know they're they're Maybe they're asking more than what the neighbors are willing to pay, um, and and this time of year, the you know you're, we just came through a really tough year with uh, 2019 with uh, a really wet spring and a really wet fall. So yeah, you
1: couldn't <laughs> plant until way late in the year this past year. Yeah,
0: then we had an early frost, so there's there's a lot of farmers that are a little more cash-strapped uh, than than they have been in uh, in the past uh, few years, so.
1: Is it worthwhile for a farmer today to take land that's not workable and make it workable? Well,
0: and that's a, that's a loaded question too. Because is it? Okay. It, because, you know. It's, well,
1: it's just coming from yeah. a non-farmer, right? I know, I know. So
0: I think it still depends on, on that soil profile. And, yeah. and if it hasn't been farmed, the uh, red flags go up. So okay. it's, is why hasn't it been farmed? So it, uh. You know how much scrub brush is on it um, is there stones visible um, you know it's how slopy is it, how is it? Um, and how much drainage has to happen because uh, drainage can be a, a very expensive uh, uh, undertaking
1: all right so you mentioned drainage and uh, so farmland if it doesn't have natural drainage uh, uh, you folks you tile drain that oh, yes. land what is tile draining? What does that look like? Well,
0: the tile draining, they often will, will, will you can either systematically tile drain or you can tile drain um, the areas that you believe to be wet or know that's wet um, that just will not drain. They have natural s- spring or, or they're just, or they're, the slope is not allowing the water to leave. So, and that, that can run into about $2,000 an acre just for tiling mm.
1: wow and, and, and that doesn't matter if it and when you're saying systematic you mean you just treat the whole um, lot as a grid yeah, sorry and yeah i should just and, and you just you just drain it all as farmers
0: we don't come up with enough detail so yeah, yeah so it's, yeah. it's the tiles are put in there they're usually four four inch tiles mm-hmm. uh, and and maybe sometimes six but often it's four four to six inches so and they'll run them every 30 feet um, is, which would be systematically tile drained and if your soils are, are heavy clay soil uh, they'll want them even closer okay because that's the figure in the sandier loams and uh, the water will move 15 feet either way so to, to a tile
1: and so you're, you're, you're saying tile is tile a big old pipe or is tile a tile?
0: Uh, tile is a big old pipe with with perforations in it, and right. in this area with the sands, uh, we have to actually have a sock over it so that the, so the sand doesn't permeate into the tile and plug it off. So,
1: how long does that sock last?
0: Well, we're hoping it's going to last you know maybe fifty years of my lifetime anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, and then and then when it goes, I mean the big old still be all right, but maybe have you ever heard of anybody resocking? tile um, I've never heard of anyone
0: restocking but there has been retiling done um, because of uh, somebody's gotten stuck on top of a tile like this past year and they've they pinched it off and then mm. they didn't realize it and then soil gets built up into it and then it plugs off um, so then the tiles then no, n- of no use anymore so
1: and and I guess the way you find out is is your harvest is that? Is that how you find out?
0: Well, often it's first thing in the spring planting because yeah. of the uh, we're trying to get onto the soil as early as possible, and we've had the winter thaw and your spring rains, so that's when usually when the water table is at its highest.
1: So, okay. Um, what about somebody who's in, they're seeing one of these farms that does hit the MLS for whatever reason? That farmer maybe didn't know anybody personally, or maybe. Nobody close by um was interested in the farm at that time other farmer or or maybe they just want to see if they can get um, what the market will do if the market will go higher than they'd ever hoped. But there's a farm for sale and and a non farmer, maybe a guy like me just says, "You know what, I like the looks of that hundred acres." And I'd like to live out there because I want to get away from it all. And I like the idea of being surrounded by farmland, but I don't want to get into farming. Um, what's, what's, what's the option for a person like that, that likes the idea of being involved in it, but doesn't actually want to work the land?
0: Well, and what I have done in the past is, is I like to, when I find a farm that's for sale and uh, it has a house, and some buildings on it. uh, Often I do sever the house and buildings off and you're allowed to do that within the Oak Ridge's Marine if you're selling the farmland to a farmer. Mm -hmm. And if you're not willing to, if you wanna still keep that farmland uh, for yourself and not sever the the, uh, house and buildings off, um, you can rent the land out to uh, a farmer. And when you do that, you also apply at the uh, Ministry of Agriculture For a tax exemption for the uh, cropland which then you are taxed at a 25% rate rather than uh, at the hundred percent rate
1: yeah so I mean you're getting on the part you're renting out you're getting a a very large substantial uh, tax benefit but the rent itself you're not you're not you're not making your millions on the amount you're renting out are you
0: no, no, you're uh, you're covering your property taxes. And yeah,
1: and you're covering that twenty five percent.
0: Yeah, you're covering that twenty five percent, maybe a little bit more for your yeah. for your towards your house portion of it because your house is taxed at one hundred percent at the one acre, right? So, mm-hmm.
1: have you ever heard of scenarios, Mark, where where the the homeowner, the property owner, um, wants to sell their harvest? And they want to determine what's put in but they just hire the local farmer to do the work
0: so you're talking maybe a share crop um situation uh there is some share crop um deals out there um it they rarely work well um unless the the owner of the land is a is a farmer and and he has a clear understanding of what the input costs are to, Mm to put the crop in um today's uh input cost to put an acre of corn in and to have it harvested and stored you're in that uh you know five hundred dollars an acre uh Mm -hmm. roughly range to to do that so um the farmer may not be willing to to take all that risk of putting the crops in uh and and not having the landowner a part of that uh, shared risk
1: all right and, and and something you said there and and having the having the the harvest stored makes me think of silos, makes me think of outbuildings. Uh, we talked about value of land earlier on before the first break, and we, we, we agreed farmland in this area could be anywhere six, eight, ten thousand $10,000 an acre, and even up sometimes from there. What kind of value do you give to a barn in good, I mean, okay, you're looking at me. You only see this, you never see this in radio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but I, I understand. What kind of barn is it? How big is it? What kind of shape is it? Um, well, I think often when, when you talk about
0: a barn, you're t- you know, the first thing people think about is, is an old bank barn, like the hip roof bank barn. Yep. Uh, you know, I think people from, uh, from the urban areas, you know, cities, mm-hmm. they love to see that old barn. Yes,
1: they do. They, they <laughs> love it, you know. But as a farmer... It has absolutely no use. So, so if you're looking at a, a farm and it has a barn on it, you might give it zero value.
0: Well, I'm actually looking at the expense of taking it down. If if it doesn't look really nice and okay. and, it, and it's too far away from the house, because often in especially in the Oak Ridges rain, um, they Really don't want us to sever off a house that's uh, in 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 lot much more than an acre, so if the barn gets too far away where you're getting into a five acre lot, the barn's got to come down. So I have people looking <coughs> for that barn, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there, yeah. like you say, mm. some people love it. I mean, uh, a barn, a barn can be used for venues um it's just not it's just not in your wheelhouse yeah it's not my <laughs> it's wheelhouse, not in no. your, yeah. yeah okay and um how about a silo what's that worth
0: silos uh, and, and you're talking when I when you say silos and I say silos a uh, green bin we're, we're talking yeah two different things so there's a steel grain bin yeah and okay. then when we talk silos we're in the farming community we talk concrete uh okay. s- those major blue you can those big blue silos yeah uh which are you know they're expensive and the, the concrete ones are are very hard and difficult to take down yeah uh, they usually use uh, dynamite to blow them off
1: and nobody's using those anymore
0: not not too much no. like there's if, if there's still if there's some that are standing and they're still in good shape, they'll be using them. Otherwise, like the dairy farmers have, are often the only ones that are using uh, silos, are, and they've gone now to bunker silos, which are a flat silo, open top, and so they can harvest more quickly uh, okay. to get to get the product stored. So,
1: and and a, a, a typical metal grain bin, sixty thousand.
0: Uh, what a sixty thousand bushel bin or no well, uh, th- <laughs> or <a> value. <laughs> value 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 <laughs> oh well if it's is it's sitting on a farm that uh, that we're we're thinking about purchasing um, it it's in the wrong spot <laughs> okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> so value goes
0: way down it, yeah because it's uh, the expense uh, of of taking it apart and, and moving it and then often a lot of these farms that are for sale the bin's too small to start with so. Yeah. Uh, 5,000 bushels, only three tractor-trailer loads, right? So you're in there shoveling the last bit out. It's, uh, it's too early and too fast to go shoveling.
1: Yeah, okay. What do you like most about farming? You mentioned uh, uh, earlier in the show that, you know, when you were young, uh, your dad just loved farming. What did he say? Uh, it's a great day to go farming? Yes. And, uh, and so, you know, you, you want to follow in dad's footsteps. Wh- what do you like most about farming right now?
0: I th- would say that today's farming I think is is more f- more fun now than it it, than it has been when I was growing up, um, mostly due to the fact that there the technology has made it easier um, the equipment we've gotten to a size of agriculture base now that uh, that allows us to have equipment that's that's not always breaking down and mm. we have the uh, wherewithal to be able to and and finances to maintain this equipment so when we go to the field it doesn't break uh often so and there's the the challenges even though this year was was a real challenge to to put crops in Mm -hmm. it was still the camaraderie between farmers was was still you know we made the a fun thing out of something that was you know really challenging Mm -hmm. uh you know every time uh one of the, the farmers got stuck we would send a picture had to take a picture of the tractor whatever you got stuck send it to each other yeah. so you know you got that great camaraderie it just made a bad situation kind of fun and you got over it and and the way you went right it's even though there is a lot of mental health uh issues that are that are on in agriculture uh mm-hmm. due to financial stresses and the stresses of 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 running a business um uh, not
1: getting a break
0: and often it's not a break especially if you have livestock there's not, not much yeah. break there
1: yeah um, well, Mark, we're going we're gonna to go on another break, and uh, you mentioned about the equipment and uh, the use of equipment, and I want to get back to that after this break. So, folks, you've been listening to Reality Realty, Northumberland 89.7 FM's local real estate talk, and in this case, local farm real estate talk. Join us after this break, and we will continue. Yeah. Welcome back. This is your local real estate forum, Northumberland 89.7 FM, and I'm Dale Bryant, and I'm a real estate broker with World of Page Pro Alliance Realty, and our guest this morning is Mark DeYoung from DeYoung Family Farms, and Mark, before the last break, I was asking you, or you were mentioning about the equipment you're using, and and how much improved the equipment is, and, and I... And a pleasure to use, and, and so, my, you got me thinking, you know. I know you like to gather more land to work because the more land you can work, I'm thinking the more money you can make because there's profit off of every acre. But at the same time, you just can't, you just can't buy or rent everything available because your equipment is a big, uh, is a big consideration. In whether or not the equipment is already being used to the max or you know will you need new equipment for it and 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 is the equipment going to run enough for the amount you're buying can you tell us a little bit about those considerations
0: yeah sure Um, often when we're looking at uh, equipment uh, we're looking at how many acres a day can we plant with it or, or work with it or how many acres an hour uh, and obviously, you know, there's only so many hours in a day and, we, and farmers do have to sleep as well. Um, <laughs> often, you know, there's in the spring and fall, we get into some some 16 and, and 18 hour days. Uh, not too often, but uh, they do happen if mm-hmm. there's a, a weather event coming. Um, so like with a corn planter, uh, you know, we have a 16 row corn planter, which is 40 feet wide. It can plant 25 acres an hour. So wow. Yeah, you're doing a lot of acres an hour which is and then it's all auto steer too with the tractor so yeah. auto steer
1: with gps yeah so your 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 lines are just perfectly straight per- perfectly straight
0: yeah. growing up as a kid it was you know th- the big thing my dad would say that that row's not straight enough you know it's yeah. like so then the neighbors would, would comment on, you know, your, whether your road was straight or not. And especially if you went over a hill, right, because you had to move oh, over yeah. and adjust for those hills. So you'd have to pick a tree down at the far end and, <coughs> and kind of try to drive straight with that mm-hmm. and uh, with a marker arm. And and now it's just, you know, you you, you hit your A-B line and, and hit the auto steer button and away you go.
1: Yeah, there there was definitely a skill there, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, there was. And uh, <laughs> I mean, and, and now there's still a skill, but the skill maybe is more about... Uh, um, plotting your plotting your um, fields uh, uh, like to start off with right yeah well we're
0: so that that steering part it was amazing that you know we, we reluctantly went to it at one point because we thought well that's an, that's a quite an expense because you're you're into a twenty thousand dollars per tractor to 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 change that all over uh, so with the with the computer and, the, and then a beacon to, to take the reception and pay mm-hmm. for the script prescription to get the yeah. GPS right so it's a it's a big expense uh-huh. Um but at the the same time, so we, we kind of hesitated it for for quite a while before we went to that. And then once we got the first one, um, it was we couldn't believe how rested we were at the end of the day. You could do sixteen hours and feel like you just got in the tractor. It was yeah. it was just amazing how that driving stress just it just went away.
1: So does a farmer have to sleep? You, can you can you not just have it recline and the lights go out and keep driving and and let you sleep while you're on the tractor? Someday, someday, someday. <laughs> not yet. So, what's a typical day look like for for a farmer?
0: Well, and I would say if you're a livestock farmer, you're getting up in the morning to get your your livestock fed or milked or or both. Like, um, you know, set alarm early, eight thirty, nine. Yeah. No, we're we're back. We're we're back doing something else by then dale okay. <laughs> yeah so you know like a, as a <laughs> typical dairy farmer you might be uh, you know some of them are getting up at four in the morning okay. uh, but i would say more likely around five um yeah. so uh, i know we we were in the hog business uh, with my brother uh, chris and i were in the hog business together and uh, so we would start chores at six o'clock um mm-hmm. and then we we try to have our chores done by seven thirty, and then have breakfast and and then we'd uh, we either have to tidy up a few things left in the barn to do, or, or we'd be hitting off to the field. So, yeah,
1: it is a busy physical life, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. It keeps you in good shape.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know whenever, whenever I see you and, and we shake hands, it's like uh, I'm thinking uncle, I'm thinking, don't, <laughs> don't squeeze too hard, Mark, because I'm going to hear things snap. Um, if somebody's thinking about buying property, close to farmland should they be concerned with uh chemicals being sprayed um and 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 if so is there certain days of the year that they should just keep the windows shut Uh, what would you say about this
0: well and this goes back to some t- technology that we have now in in the, in the with the spray equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, what they call low drift or no drift spray nozzles, uh, so we we don't get the drift that we had back in the in the 80s and in early 90s.
1: Because uh, you would see a big cloud, wouldn't oh, you? Oh yeah, like yeah.
0: It was it was you know it, w- it was not good. Yeah. And and a lot of that technology changed because of um, the urban sprawl. Um, and also when your neighbor is spraying um, one crop and you have a different crop in the in the, in the field next to it, uh, he would kill your crop, and, and that was not nice. So um, they, they came out with this technology. Now, there is still some if uh, possible drifts at certain times of the day, uh, and, and farmers try to stay away from those times of day and, and out of the wind. Um, but if you have concerns, uh, farmers are more than willing to you know, uh, accommodate to, to the day that they might be doing the spraying or, or, uh, some field work. If you just, you know, shoot them a text and get their, get their information, get a little text going there and and they're more than willing to, to to do their best for you.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, you mentioned already, you know, you got to work with the weather, but, uh, but farmers want to be good neighbors and, 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 and they, they don't want unhappy neighbors. So Yeah. You know, if somebody's considering and we get a lot of people, we get a lot of people from the GTA that want they're done with that rat race and they want to come out this way. And, and every now and again, I do get asked that question, you know, do we need to be concerned with, with this? So, so um, yeah, things are still being sprayed, but like you say, low drift sprayers and, um, and just talk to your local farmer because maybe you can arrange to have the windows shut on, on that day or two. Yeah, and, and often you you're smelling
0: something, but it's not necessarily the the actual drift.
1: So. Yeah, yeah. How about when you're you know you've planted, you're harvesting, and now you're selling. And at, at first, I, I had a description of a, a today's farmer, and I said a commodity trader. That's getting pretty complicated, right? Because you want to maximize. What you sell for, right? Oh, absolutely. So, what are some of the things that are going through your mind, and things and indicators you're looking at to determine um, what makes it a, a better year? Well,
0: this this day and age, we're 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 looking at a global market. So, what what happens here in Ontario really doesn't mean anything much other than some maybe some basis points, uh, which is the point of delivery. So we're looking, uh, Brazil's harvesting right now, Brazil and Argentina. So we're, we're looking at what their crop are, uh, is coming off at. Um, they're the largest soybean producers in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brazil's 30% of the uh, global soybean uh, production. And Argentina is around 25%. And uh, Canada is
1: 2%. 2% of the soybean production in the world.
0: Yeah. So we're With
1: all this land.
0: With all this land. So Wow. Yeah, w- here in Canada, we're we're not a, exactly uh, a, a huge uh, market swing. So mm-hmm. we're basically, we, we really c- keep an eye on what's happening out there in the world. Uh, the U.S. is a big player as well. I think they're around 15%. So we are definitely want to stay tuned to the weather patterns in Brazil, Argentina, and the U.S. So, and if we're looking at a 5 to 10 cent spread on our... Uh, on our bushels per acre or bushels, not bushels per acre but bushels, um, then we're looking at a fair, fair bit of money that could be uh, generated by watching
1: that market. So, And I would imagine timing is a big thing too because I'm going, I'm going to guess you could find a buyer early in the season and commit to a, a lower price and just know it's done and know what you're getting and then and then there's likely the opportunity to say, "Nah, if I hang on, I got a feeling that I'm going to get a lot more for this for this crop." I, is is that true?
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for flushing out for me Dale. It was I should have explained further. <laughs> yeah, so when yeah. I was talking about Brazil and Argentina, the <clears throat> so we're actually watching the soybean market right now to what that's going to do. So, we're going to make a decision here in the next we've been watching last week this week we'll be watching till the end of the month to see whether uh, the prices are going to move Um, so we will be selling our crop uh either january february march april and may and we better have it sold before the july first weekend because the crop is made by then yeah so we're we're basically those are the months that we sell our crop in and we've actually even our wheat crop we've sold out into 2021 already. We haven't even planted like their 2020 crop is just in the oh. ground, not even out underneath hey. the snow. So we're looking at uh, you know you you figure out your cost of production. Yeah, you're looking at you know okay, what's a reasonable uh, uh, Im- return on investment? So and that's what we're we're looking at when we're selling.
1: And I imagine when you when when China I mean China has been doing trade wars with the U.S. and, and when they start getting upset. With Canada for different items, uh, I imagine that that's affecting the DeYoung household. Oh, absolutely! Or potentially, anyways.
0: Yes. Well, China is a is an interesting country to do business with because they are our largest buyer. They buy fifty percent of pretty well everything that North America grows. So, they've had uh, African swine flu um, in the country. Um, as of last summer, I think it, it was it kind of peaked out at, I think it was 130 million hogs that, that, uh, got the flu and, and died. Mm-hmm. So there is a saying on the farm is dead animals don't eat. So yeah. it's when the Chinese hogs aren't eating, then they don't eat soybeans, they don't eat canola, they don't eat corn. You know, it's a, it's a problem.
1: Yeah. The, the small. The, the, the person who has this romance with farming, they're, they're, not, they're not born into a farming family, and uh, they would like, they would like to get started. And I think of this, it almost seems like farming today is go big or go home. Not like big boy burgers, go big or go home <laughs> hungry. <but laughs> and, and by the way, they make a great uh, um, yeah. uh Philly cheese steak sandwich and steak on a Kaiser. Mm. Anyways, that was the last show. But uh, go big or go home in farming. I, is that the case, or 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 can can somebody see a hundred acre farm up for sale and say, oh, I just want to make a go of it? Well,
0: I think if someone has enough capital to start with, they they can. I think it, it is possible. It is possible. It's, it's not, I would say nothing's impossible. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there was uh, a time in, I think it was in 1993, uh, my brother and his sister, our brother and wife got into the, the turkey business, my brother Rod and Nancy, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and at that time they said, oh, you can't get into the poultry business. It's, it's too expensive. The quota is too expensive. You'll, you'll never do it. You, mm-hmm. you can't do it. And, you know. Now they're running, uh, two barns of, of turkeys. I think there's 32,000 birds there. So, um, Whoa. Yeah. so it, it, if you have a plan and you can, and find a market, you're not going to be playing in the same market that, uh, that I do, mm-hmm. you're going to be playing in a niche market, mm-hmm. which there's challenges and, and you, you're going to be working a lot harder than I am to, cause now you're going to be a full-time marketer and producer and, right. and whereas I can make a phone call sell my commodities, I watch it on my phone, what commodities are doing. But if you're going to do a niche market, you've got to pound the pavement to get those markets and hold on to them.
1: So while that that big machinery is auto steering, you might be on your phone checking out the markets. Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, more than might be, but are. Mm-hmm. Well, Mark, thank you very much. That's. We're at the end of the show. I loved it. This is a lot of great information, and it's information we just... Unless we're into the farming community, we just don't know. And I'm sure there's so much... I know there's so much more that we're not talking about. But uh, this gives everybody a good insight to um, the farming community and and farm real estate. So thanks for joining me.
0: Well, you're a great host, Dale. uh, It's a pleasure to be talking about agriculture on the radio. And uh, and I could talk for another hour if you want it.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? I'm going to hold you to (laughs) it. We'll do this again sometime. And folks... Uh, thanks for listening and if you have any questions or comments about today's show or for any real estate questions feel free to contact me by emailing dale at dalebryant.ca i'm an active real estate broker with royal lepage pro alliance realty brokerage and don't forget to join me next thursday from 11 a.m until 12 noon for reality realty on northumberland 89.7 fm truly local radio until next week folks